Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is is background check you already know let's go you can check my background i'm a forgiving felon so tell them that i won't back down now you can bet i won't live in regret it's time to earn some respect you are tuning in to background check Hey everybody, welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. and Gum, where we believe, and Jessa, we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. And brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past. Realize their future. And brought to you by The Wayback. Yay, The Wayback is a re-entry service program in Dallas. Uh, Whether you're male, female, no matter what, if you're coming out of prison, you need to call The Wayback. The number and information is right there on On your your screen screen right now. And it also will be at the end of the show. So uh, make sure. I mean, I don't care. Even if you're coming from out of state, Jessa. If you're in prison from a different state and you come to Dallas, then uh, you need to give them a call. Because they want to build a relationship with you that helps you whether you're, like, as soon as you get out, give you the resources you need right then. But also, after being out a year, you may need different resources. And they want to be there for you. Uh, And I know they love to keep up with people as they progress and, and become successful and a productive citizen. So uh, T-Ray, LaHeather, Katie, everybody that works there, they're amazing. I know them personally, and I've known them for a while now. They do a great job. We partner with them, they partner with us. So anyway, so today is- uh, Actually, I feel like something's different. Oh yeah, we have this uh, bottle here. Wait. Uh, 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 Gemma! Gemma! How how long have you been there? (laughs) The whole video? Oh my God, welcome to Background Check Podcast. What? I don't know. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Haven't you been on the audio podcast? Yeah, yeah, she's been on audio. We've been trying to get her on video forever. She's finally here. Everybody, give her a hand. Yay, Gemma! Oh my gosh. I'm glad you're here because uh, now we outnumber the cowboy fans. Yeah. Yay, go cowboys! Boo, cowboys! (laughs) You Um, just said yay, go cowboys! (laughs) So, so today is Sunday night. We're we're doing this Sunday night. And uh, the Cowboys just lost, so Yay. I'm so sorry. So no, sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't be You're right. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> we we play well, tonight, so we hope we hope what? we win. I'm not gonna be sorry when y'all lose. Uh, so last so last Monday night, the Steelers beat the Browns. Woo! Take that, Australia. Uh, but today, the uh, the Browns won. So good job, Browns. And uh, let's see who else won. Buffalo Bills beat the pants off Washington. Uh, who um, else the won? Colts Miami. Beat. Oh my gosh, Miami beat the uh, who? Did, who did they play? Um, they beat. They won seventy to twenty. They won seventy to twenty. No, it wasn't Chargers. Oh wait. And then uh, let's 70 see. Seventy to twenty. The Colts won in overtime against the Ravens. We're happy about that. Let's Obviously, see. I'm horrible. At uh, the Browns beat the the Titans. The Texans, come on, Texans, y'all beat the, who'd y'all beat? Y'all beat the Jaguars, okay, and the Jaguars held their own with Kansas City, so that's pretty good. Uh, Arizona, scores, Arizona like Cardinals seeing. beat the Cowboys, just want to say that again in case anybody Stop it. missed it. Uh, the Chargers we beat the Vikings. We came back really good, actually. The we Packers came, came back and beat the Saints, Detroit Lions, come on, Detroit Lions, three and one, or two and one now, y'all been irrelevant oh for years. Uh, so anyway, uh, Seahawks beat the Panthers. 
and the Chiefs, woo, the Chiefs uh, beat the, beat the uh, who is it, who is it, beat? Chicago. I just All have right. to say, these Cowboy scores have, uh, not Cowboy scores, just these football scores have been like, like it's crazy, neck yeah. and neck. Yeah, you're right. So, um, so anyway, hope hope I don't know who you vote for or who you root for, but I hope your team's doing well this year. In our house, we're Cowboys and Steelers, so we're proof, we're proof that a house divided can stand. Uh, but uh, but we're not spiritually divided. We're all in the same mind and heart spiritually. So anyway, welcome to the show. We got a great show for you today. A great interview coming up later. Uh, but right now, we're gonna have some fun and do some shout outs. Let me see here. Hey, shout outs! Uh, I love well, shout -outs. first of all, not not really full shout outs. These are just you know some some. We have some video shout outs. Number one, um, I video some shout outs from the '85 to Stay Alive rally. Oh yes, that and was a I long forgot time. to air them. Oh, I've been my so goodness. busy. So we're going to air them to, uh, mm -hmm. right now on this episode. But the first thing we want to do is we want to do a little devotion from Philippians 3, 13, and 14 uh, from, the, from the New Living Translation. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I, but I focus on this one thing. In other words, he's saying, I haven't arrived, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the what? Past. The past and looking, looking forward, forward to what, what lies ahead. ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And the gist of this is that um, that we don't we don't worry about what's behind. What is behind us? The cowboy game is behind you, so we don't worry about that. Uh, you know, everything that happened yesterday is behind us. Everything that happened this morning is behind us. Uh, I had to go up to Forgiven Felons, okay, to the transitional house last night at 11 p.m. and I and it's almost 45 minutes away, and I did not leave there till 12:30 or midnight, 12:30 something. You didn't like that. get back to like one. And so, um, you know, I had to handle some stuff, and by the end, at the beginning, it was chaotic and, and lots of tension and lots of, you know, feelings going on, and but by the end, we were laughing and crying and praying, and. Um, you know, and so today we get up and we talk about it, but we don't, we don't, we forget it. We forget yes. that past and press on. Uh, and you know, the rally, Jessa, we had the rally, the North Texas Giving Day rally. I was and uh, if you hear thunder, it's because oh it's goodness. thundering. Oh my it like literally just started. It's, it's thundering crazy. and we're not going to stop recording. So uh, we're in our recording studio outside in our backyard. And so <gasps> you're just going to have to hear the, the thunder. All right. Um, and so... So here's here's the deal. So uh, here's the deal. Ra uh, Thursday night was our North Texas Giving Day rally. Okay, all day we were mat trying to match funds. We ended up raising almost thirty six thousand dollars, wow. right at thirty six thousand. Uh, we got some more coming in. So thank you to all who have given, and all who have supported us, not just on North Texas Giving Day, but even all year round. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much. You guys are what helps us be able to help people with the past realize their future. Um, but here's the thing. The rally was such an amazing thing, wasn't it, Gemma? You were there. Jessa wasn't there because you I, were I was in my softball game. Softball game. We did. I did really good. She did really I good. I got four outs. Four outs. My first, but she lost. First place. She but lost. the team lost, but she did really good. We had a divide and conquer. Uh, so we had some people take her to the game. She really wanted to be at the rally. But Gemma, wanted to be there Gemma so was at the rally. Gemma, you got to, what did you get to do at the rally? Read the raffle tickets. Read off the raffle tickets. Read the tickets. raffle tickets. Talk about Read the That's raffle tickets, and she got to eat what? Uh, food. Food, <laughs> and what was after the food? 
I guess those snow cones wasn't very good. Ooh, I guess those snow, snow cones. cones. I ate them before. She too. had two snow cones. Two? She, she tells everybody she don't like snow cones, but she had two. Um, and I think she like. I think she secretly secretly likes them. Anyway, snow the, cone closet. The, the rally was so much fun. We had worship. Brian Dupour, who was on last week, did worship. His wife came with him, and uh, there were words spoken. I, I got to I got to operate in some gifts that God has given me. I got to uh, watch Brian and, and Princess operate in their gifts. And uh, uh oh, uh oh, here we go. Is it? Oh, <laughs> there we go. It all came back on. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's, Wait, where's Snowman? I yet? hope we make it uh, through the storm. Uh, he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be okay. okay. Focus. He's gonna be okay. So uh, I hope you make it through the storm. That's a little little power surge there. Uh, we're looking at the clouds. Jess, I wanted to close the curtain, but I'm looking at the clouds. Uh, I want to make sure. I think it's probably supposed to hail too. Anyway, all right, we gotta stay focused, girls. Come on, come on, come on. We gotta stay focused. Focus, focus. All right. So the rally was so amazing. We actually had one of our former residents. A lot of former residents came. Uh, we had our current residents. A lot of volunteers. All this stuff. And I heard there was some really good stuff. And the, one of the former residents came up to me and said, Hey, I want to propose to my girlfriend tonight. And I said, Okay. He goes, This is where it all started for me. This was my first stop outside of prison. And this is where my life started all over again. And I would like to, uh, and I would like to uh, start the next chapter of my life uh, right here as well. And so we said, Sure. So he proposed. To his oh girlfriend, goodness. it was amazing. So so much ministry happened. The food was amazing. Raffle prizes. People won raffle prizes. It was great. Um, but here's the deal. And we raised a lot of money. But and I was on such a high Thursday night. Okay, uh, such a better high than any drunk the buzz Jack Daniels gave me. And I and I, and I stayed up late putting together a little recap video. And you know what though? I woke up the next morning. Guess what I had to do? He had to take the trash out. I still had to take the trash out. We had an old mattress we had to we had to put out there. We had two trash cans full of trash. And then I, I'm like, all right, that's done. You know, I'm like, come on, man. I just I just had this beautiful rally. We raised a lot of funds. And, you know, I, why am I still taking out the trash? And then I turn around, I look at the house, and there's some beautiful mums. Beautiful. Beautiful mums. And now I'm going to get destroyed. And they're all wilting. And I'm like, oh, i got to water the mums. And so listen, I want to encourage you guys, uh, what I needed to do was forget the past, forget Thursday night, and move on, okay, and, and press towards the mark of the high calling. My high calling here on earth is to, is to minister to my family. And, uh, and sometimes, sometimes you just got you, you to gotta grind and, and, and do, the, do the things you don't want to do. And so I want to encourage you to, every day you get up, forget the past, and press on. And do those disciplines, do those things that you know you need to do. All right, we got to get on with the show. Here we go. Um, G5, uh, I got I got messages saying I think Win Unit G5 uh, has tablets now. Yay! Let us know if your G5 uh, unit, uh, G5 population has tablets. Let us know. Uh, welcome, G5, welcome. We've been waiting. We've been praying that you have access. And uh, these are just for you. <laughs> hey, the lights may go out. It's a storm. It's a storm, and they may go out, and they may flicker. Uh, you could probably hear it. I don't know, but um, I guess we're having some storm surges. I think it looks like they can hear it, yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, what? Yes, yeah, so we have some shout-outs from the 85 to Stay Alive rally that I forgot to air. We're going to air those. And then we have some shout-outs from the rally, all right? Uh, one special shout-out is to Greg in Florida. 
Mama Julie says hi. She made it to the rally. She came to the rally. It was such an honor. She sat right by my mom. Yeah. Ooh. Julie, your, Greg, your mom sat right by, that right by my mom. That must have been fun. Uh, let's see. Jessa, anything? Did we already talk about you being student of the... No, we didn't. This, I... This girl here. I got student body president. Student body president. Y'all remember, y'all saw her campaign poster she made, right? <laughs> We're going to put the finish, the finish uh, product on here today. She won president of her student body, fifth grade through first grade. K five, kindergarten. 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 There's no K five. All right. Kindergarten. And I got student of the month. Student of the month for September. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, lockdown update. I think every week uh, more people come off lockdown. We're still praying. We're still praying for you guys. Um, and let's see. What else? Is there anything else we need to talk about? Um, let's see. So, uh, we have a really good episode coming up. Yes, Carla, my best friend. Oh, by the way, uh, before we went on lockdown, I was scheduled. I was in scheduling with some units, Bridgeport, trying to get y'all scheduled. And we were on the schedule for the WIN unit, graduation, uh, life coach graduation, something. And um, so they're working that out. We're going to be back. And so we're also scheduling some 2024. We're already scheduled. We're, we're already, that, that felt like it hit right outside. Did you see that lightning? Yes. It was so close. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Right, we're scared. good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. No, we're good. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so fun. Oh, also, all right. the I got you, girl. I got you. Went out. I got you. Yeah, some of the lights went out. That's all right. We're good. All right. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, when? We're, yes. They're going to reschedule that class, so we're coming back. Uh, and then, oh, 2024 schedule. Lane Murray. We're, we're putting a 2020 schedule together and we're going to come next year a couple times uh all right let's see here did we already talk about football um sure yeah yes. we did <laughs> cowboys lost steelers i hopeful hopefully hopefully they win uh we beat the browns last week Woo take that australia uh but the browns won today i don't i don't remember who all anyway this episode our dear friends Amazing. carla dr carla evans dr veronica tetterton and uh, they, they, they were prison, federal prison counselors. And uh, that's how they met. And now they have a business called Anticipate Joy. And if you go watch or listen on the audio version, episode 18, Ooh, they were on September early. 18, 2020, they were like one of our first ones. First, first that, uh, the episode 18, yeah. Uh, and and we're, we're having them back on to talk about their business a little bit. But also whether you're out here or in there, uh, they're going to talk about, we're going to talk National Recovery Month, mm -hmm. Suicide Prevention Month, um, things you can do, you know, especially in prison. We're going to talk especially to the inmates in prison um, about things you can do during those times where you are down, depressed, anxious, some practical things that you can do to, um, to help you through those times, all right? So, um, so we're going to pray real quick, and we're going to start this episode. Oh, and this one. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, this... Uh, we, we got Anthony and uh, Dalton out. This was given to us by Anthony's mom in North yeah, Carolina. She's so pretty. She makes wind chimes. She makes wind chimes out of old wine bottles. And uh, and you see on the front, so it says Forgiven Felons. And then you can see that it's black and gold for Steelers. And she put a football on the back and a player. So thank you. Thank you, uh, Jennifer, for making that Very for us. Very pretty. It's got lights in it and everything. Yeah. All right, so y'all, we're gonna let's pray over y'all real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this platform. We thank you for the storm. 
We thank you for protection in the storm, Lord. We thank you for uh, provision, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Shalom, our peace that even can calm the storm. We thank you, Lord. We pray over the inmates. We pray over this episode. We pray that people come to know you through this episode. And uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, enjoy the episode. Have a good week. Enjoy. Bye. Have a scary night. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, Jadan Gum, where we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. Brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. And today I am joined by two amazing, if you listen to the audio and you've been a, a Forgiven Felons Background Check podcaster for a long time, then you already know who these ladies are. Uh, Dr. Veronica Tetterton and Dr. Carla Evans. Hello. Hey, hey everybody. <laughs> Can you tell I, I, I'm happy using all my little sound effects? Love yes, it. loving the elevation. Making us famous. <laughs> so you guys, thank you all for coming back on the show. Thank, thank you, you for having us. It's an honor. The first time we did the episode, uh, very, very, very informative uh, lots of downloads, and uh, and then eventually it got played in prison. So I know um, the guys and gals listening to it on the tablets just u- utilized it very, very well. But we're on video now, yes. and so now awesome. you get to say hi to everybody on the Pandoverse. <laughs> hey, hey. Hello, everybody. Yeah, and so, uh, so, so we wanted to have you back. And uh, plus, you know, it was at the request of an inmate in, uh, in Tucker, Arkansas, Yes. Uh said, hey, you need to get my sister back on. I, I don't, that's okay to talk about, it's right? It's okay. All right. Hey, Delane. All right. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so yeah, you know, when he mentioned it, I was like, uh, you know, we've already had him on, but I thought, you know what? We haven't had him on video. So, uh, and right now, this is being filmed in the month of September. We're mm-hmm. mid-September right now. We're, when we're recording it, it'll probably air in late September. So it's still... It's still going to be a national uh, recovery month, but there's a lot of things going on uh, this month yeah. uh, regarding recovery, addiction, mm-hmm. uh, suicide, prevention. Yeah. We're going to hit all of those days and months and everything. Talk about them, and um, and you know we're gonna we're gonna ask y'all to to briefly describe again because not everybody has access to the video mm-hmm. uh, to the audio. Okay, people on death row. Some they, they write me and tell me it's called life row. Um, so some of them have a really good mindset, yeah, but they, they don't have access to the audio podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of introducing you guys for the first time to some of them. So we're going to we're going to let you all do that. We're going to ask you to put on different hats. Yeah. We're going to ask you to put on your counselor hat. We're going to uh-huh. ask you to put on your Christian hat. All yeah. right. And then we're going to ask you to put on. Let's see what other hat did. Mom, I, uh, wife, yes. Sister, all these friend. hats. Yeah. Absolutely. So because because I know sometimes the answer is different. Yeah. Depending on what hat you have on. Absolutely. And so. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna you guys you guys met in prison, so we're gonna ask you to put your yeah. prison counselor hat on. Yeah, and we so did. so we're we're excited. So um, whoever, whichever one of y'all wants to start, uh, introduce yourselves, your company, and however I'm sure y'all have it down now, a little routine of how y'all do it. But uh, go for it. Who's first? Yeah, I'll jump right in. So as you mentioned, Jay Dan, Veronica and I met in prison over 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
and we were doing life together. Fortunately, we did have keys. Yes, yes. we did. Yes. Single jingle. That helps. <laughs> so we worked as professionals in the field of psychology, really focusing our attention on those that many of society had given up on. So we had the privilege of working in the prison system for almost a decade, both yeah. of us together, working in a variety of areas. And, and this is uh, federal, right? In yes. federal prison, both with females and in met with males in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I think the biggest thing for us, obviously, we had a passion to see people find purpose and hope in their lives. But most importantly, we were soul sisters, and we had mm. this um, understanding that w- where true help came from. Right. And that's what just kept bringing us back together. Obviously, we had such an utmost respect and honor and love for each other and what we did in our line of work. But then our connection and love for God just continued to grow our relationship. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. And so we began to kind of develop this idea of creating the business that we are now running Anticipate Joy. And so where we continue to create opportunities for people to receive counseling services the healing and the hope is something that's important for us to make sure that we create people. Just the same thing that you're doing with this podcast, Jaden, you're creating hope for people who yeah. don't have access to it. Right. We created Anticipate Joy, which is an online counseling platform to bring counseling services to communities, to places across the state of Texas who would not ordinarily have access to it. Okay. So we're really excited about what we've developed over the past, what, four years mm-hmm. since we began to kind of develop, began this process. And when you say online, I'm going to have you move your mic just a little bit closer to you. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. When you say online, uh, what all does that mean? Yeah. yeah. So we are clinical psychologists. We're not developers. Okay. Yeah. But we um, partnered with some excellent developers that created a HIPAA compliant platform where all of our individual therapy, couples therapy is provided. Uh, all of our therapists are licensed mental health professionals with at least a master's degree, usually have 10 years or more experience mm. in the field. Okay. And what was important for us is that our therapist we're a diverse group of people that anyone who got on would be able to find something based on their needs, whether it be I want a male, I want a female, I want a Spanish speaker, I want someone who focuses expertise on substance abuse, anxiety, PTSD, that you can get on and you can find someone right. that's going to mirror what it is that you're needing that help with. Okay, so is there any area that you don't have anybody for? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, We're not a crisis hotline, so we will. We are going to be talking about suicide today, but that is not what Anticipate Joy is. Uh, Research has really shown that face-to-face therapy is much more beneficial for those that are going through a severe mental illness, a crisis, if you will. And so we always, if someone were to come on, we help direct them to someone in their local area that can get the, get them. The because that's more need. of an in-the-moment thing, right? They need somebody in the moment, and right. you guys are more of a process, like Absolutely. fill out stuff, sign up, set an that's appointment, right. and all that, correct? That's correct. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is if someone's in crisis, the concern immediately is addressing that their safety. Right. And when you're online, you don't have hands to be able to kind of lay on them and make sure that they're safe and and ensure that they're in a safe environment. And so for those reasons, yes, we're in a crisis counseling. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So uh, let me see here. So everything, everything uh, outside of crisis, every topic. 
Yeah. There's marriage. Absolutely. Marriage. And what has been, yeah, absolutely. We we provide couples counseling. And so part of our development of our platform was to create our platform in such a way that couples could engage in counseling and be in different locations. It's not uncommon for individuals who are going through a separation to be in different locations, but maybe want to work on the marriage through counseling so that they can be at their apartment or their home and engage with the same therapist through our platform. Or so, if yes. one travels a lot and or, they don't want to miss sessions, absolutely, very good then point. that will help them uh, to stay on track. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we work with a wide range of individuals, consumers, obviously, across the state of Texas, but we also work with a wide range of businesses. So yeah. it's yeah. been really unique to partner with people like the largest medical uh, membership in, in the state of Texas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where we're able to provide to physicians and those who are on the front lines that are dealing with trauma and dealing with complex issues day in and day out. And then we have an opportunity to work with a unique group of individuals like delivery drivers. Yep. We're oh, with yeah. three different yep. delivery driver companies right now who are on shift work, who are working, you know, odd hours. And it's important when we're working with an organization to be able to say, we can provide counseling services to your employees without them having to take off work. They can do therapy on the weekends, after hours, on their lunch break. They can do audio so they can still be driving down the road and engage in audio therapy if that's the route they want to take. So it really eliminates some of the barriers. We just signed with a local government, city government, Mm -hmm. where we're going to get to provide counseling services to their police officers, to their Mm. firefighters, to the people who are are always trained to be the helpers, helpers, but not always helping themselves. That is so good because, man, you never know what the first responders are going through in their own life. Mm -hmm. You know, and how sometimes that if they don't compartmentalize that, they take it over into their work life. And then if they're dealing with somebody that, you know, is is out of control and they're letting some of their personal life affect how they treat them. So if you get them the help they need yeah. in their own private life, then they're even doing their jobs better. That's and right. that's that the better. important part because so oftentimes helpers don't realize that they need help. And so oftentimes they will, it, it, the analogy of when you're on the airplane, you put, put your own mask on right. first. Most people, most helpers particularly, they'll sacrifice themselves yeah. and not get the help that they need. And we, we come alongside a number of um, businesses who see the value of making sure that their employees and members are getting the mental health that they need for their wellness. And particularly having come out of COVID, the physician and first responder populations, they have been hurt and impacted by all of the things that they've had to endure. And so we're continuing to kind of make sure we provide them services. That's so good. That is so good. And and I can vouch for, um, if you are a delivery company, yeah. uh, I, I used to work for uh, as a chaplain for Amazon delivery company. And I just recently that program ended there, so I'm not I'm not with them anymore. Mm-hmm. But I had the privilege of working uh, with you guys for a year, I think a year. Yeah. And I got to see I had the privilege because of my position. You know, Blake, the owner, and mm-hmm. other people didn't really have a have a um, the privilege of talking to the mm-hmm. drivers like I did. And you wouldn't believe how many people. You know, well, you probably would believe it because you guys do it. But so many people were were truly affected by the extra help that that your company provided 
And, and whenever I would say, Hey, did you, did you set an appointment with anticipate joy? And when they said yes, and, and you hear things like, yes, and they helped me see things in a different light. They helped me see a different perspective. And then you see the result of that at, at their job. You Mm -hmm. see them not complaining as much. You see them not getting angry and frustrated as much, or if they do, they're responding to it differently, you know? And so, so man, if you're listening to this and you have, you're a business owner, uh, you, you really need to, and you want to get the most out of your, your employees, uh, by taking care of them mentally mm-hmm. and, and, and see, you, you would definitely see the ripple effect of how it, it plays out and affects the rest of their work. Uh, so if you're a business owner, if you're a business owner, especially delivery drivers, cause they are, <laughs> man, they, 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 there's so much pressure on them. From like if it's if it's a if it's a delivery service partner with Amazon, so you have a business par- partner that partners with Amazon, and there's pressure from Amazon on that business. Then there's pressure from the business owner to the delivery drivers, yeah. and yeah. it's just by the time it gets down there to the drivers, they're going crazy. Yeah, yeah and so I know for a fact that you guys really truly helped a lot of people that I got to I got to minister to. Well, know? that's awesome to hear. Hey, Jen, Jaden, you said something that I would like to kind of expand upon because you don't know it, but you said some powerful words when you said, they said, they helped me shift my focus. And actually shift your focus is kind of one of our mantras because we believe that no matter what situation you're dealing with, no matter how hopeless it feels, mm-hmm. if you can develop the skill set, and I mean it's a true skill set, yeah. to shift your focus ever so slightly, then you can create just enough space mm-hmm. for you to anticipate joy. And that's what we do is to kind of help people kind of just see things just a little. If you can just turn your vision, your sight, your focus just ever so slightly to the left. It's not that you neglect the fact that what you're experiencing is still a reality. It Mm -hmm. still is there. But what you do by shifting your focus is also appreciate that there is also more to your reality and more to your experience than that one thing. And when you can see that there's more, there's an opportunity for you to anticipate joy. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah. All right. So this month, I mean, since August 31st, August 31st was international, international uh, overdose awareness day. Goodness. Yeah. And then, and then you lead right into September 1st, which is a couple different things. It's national recovery month. So mm-hmm. that's America, a uh, national recovery month. And then you guys also said it was what? It's national suicide prevention, suicide awareness prevention. month. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And then, uh, I think there's also another one where, like there's a world suicide prevention world, day. Yeah. World yeah. suicide prevention day. So, man, stuff like this is important enough for it to be recognized nationally and internationally. And I think with the, um, you know, with the evolving of fentanyl and everything Mm -hmm. else in our in our society um, and then just the stress of everyday life in society. And then you have the easy access to illegal drugs. Free. I mean, legal access to alcohol. Mm-hmm. So many, so there's so many ways that, that we're finding out how to cope with things that seem to not shift our focus, mm-hmm. but seem to try to, you know, uh, numb the pain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, so you're still heading straight on into the pain, but you're, 
your body's telling you that it's not painful, but yeah. you're still you're not shifting. Right. right. You're still you're still where you are, but absolutely you're, the coping, the alcohol, the drugs, and everything else, and whatever else it could be, it could be something else. Gambling sometimes mm-hmm. gambling takes mm-hmm. takes the numbs the pain for or people. Any other addictions? Absolutely, addiction absolutely, addictions. absolutely, absolutely. So so with all those, uh, you know. Like I said, we're going to put on different hats. Mm-hmm. So let's let's start with because we're background check podcast. We deal mostly with criminals, mm-hmm. criminal backgrounds, and all that. So, uh, what what is something that when you guys were prison counselors, what is something that you ran into a lot of? Okay, is there a specific inmate, general population, solitary confinement, uh, male, female? What is something that you ran into a lot of, like a, a common problem? Mm-hmm that you had to address in most inmates? Yeah, I think one of the things that is common that I think we both can say we experienced was um, depression, oftentimes people dealing with um, sadness, and that could be tied to um, things that are going on at home. Often those things kind of surface that you don't have any control over. Um, And maybe even relationships that are going on and kind of... um, the person feeling as if life has gone on without them and dealing with those different difficult emotions as well. Um, And then also just feeling hopeless. Like if I'm here and I can't contribute or be a part of my family's life, then what really is my purpose? Mm -hmm. So all all of those things are things that we've commonly dealt with um, when we were dealing with the criminal population and working in the prison systems. And one of the things that we often encourage people who are dealing with depression is kind of tied to what I just mentioned in terms of um, kind of shifting your focus. But I'm going to give you another another um, strategy here. Oftentimes, the people that we were dealing with were in some sort of crisis because they just got a call right. or there's something that's denied going parole on, or... denied parole, whatever the situation was. And we had to help them to sit with the emotion that they were dealing with, no matter how intense that emotion felt. um, Oftentimes our intense emotions have a way of making us feel like that feeling is final, Mm -hmm. meaning there is nothing beyond this feeling. It is the way that I'm going to feel for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that even those intense emotions, they are really in short spurts. They don't last forever. So if we can allow ourselves to get past that that kind of surge without engaging in the negative behavior that you just described, the addictions and the, the substance abuse to try to relieve it. But if we did what we do and what we teach our clients to do using dialectical behavior or therapy, which is a cognitive behavioral intervention we commonly use, and one of the coping strategies that we teach is ride the wave. And that's a really simple strategy mm-hmm. because when you're experiencing those intense emotions, our tendency is to try to do something to relieve it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that that behavior that we're likely to drawn to do is going to be a negative one. Mm, punching the wall, uh-huh, punching or the wall, hitting somebody, or, yelling yeah. at someone, cussing at someone, okay. or doing something substance abuse. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, try to find substance on the compound, even if you're in prison. Right? Yeah. Um, so those are negative ways that we tend to respond. But what we kind of try to teach um, our our patients is to just acknowledge the feeling. Don't try to make it go away. 
Don't try to dismiss it, um, but sit with the feeling. See that it's there. Observe it. And then eventually what you'll see is that it'll subside. Mm. You'll notice the intensity because as mad as we might feel in the moment, nobody's mad all the time that way. And if we allow ourselves to to experience it without engaging in the negative behavior, we actually have taught ourselves a really important strategy that keeps us um, um, focused and engaged in the moment and um, allows us to work through those emotions in a positive way. Mm. Because what we're, when we're better able, when those emotions are not as intense, we're better able to now cope. Yep. Well, think mm-hmm. about it when you get into an argument with your spouse or a loved one, and those emotions are on 10. Our tendency is to say things we don't really want to mm-hmm. say and respond in ways that we don't want to. But if we give ourselves just a minute, then... Uh, and it really doesn't take long oftentimes. It, yeah, you're right. It just just give give me a moment, then our response is completely different yeah. because that intensity has come down. Yeah, so what I would add to that, the two other things similar to what you mentioned that I saw working in with the incarcerated population was one, the feeling of shame. So what I've done is too far gone, and then I'm just continually reminded of it by Mm. the way I have to live in prison. We all know the reform that we've talked about in the last podcast. So I'm reminded of it daily when someone gives me a certain amount of toilet paper. So I don't have, Mm. you know, this sense of like, okay, I'm the man I used to be or the woman I used to be. Now I'm reliant on everything to be given to me. So shame is one. And then the second one, similar to what you said, is a lack of control. Yeah. So I think about, and I'm going to use my brother uh, since we brought him up, but I think about some things. It was an honor to meet him, by the way. Well, thank you. He said the same of you. Uh, But I I think what I've I've learned through his experience of many years being in and out of, uh, of prison has been this feeling of, I don't know. And because I don't know, then I'm going to assume the worst. Mm, So I think it's very important to add on to what Veronica said, and that is sitting with it. So that means no overeating, no substance use, no self-harm, no cutting, no thinking about ending your life. None of these things, no porn, no obsessive shopping. Because that's not sitting. That's doing action. That's right. That's doing doing a number because that says, oh, I can't handle the emotion. I need to numb it. But then what we see sometimes is, okay, what does ride the wave mean? Ride the wave means you don't ruminate on worst case scenario. And here's what happens sometimes. And I know I'm speaking to some people right now that are in prison, and this is what they'll they'll do. They'll call home and their wife doesn't answer. And they're like, oh, okay, she might be out shopping. Call number two, Mm. she doesn't answer. Okay, maybe, you know, my son is sick. Call number three, oh, she's cheating on me now. Mm -hmm. Call number four, you know, who's dead? Oh, my gosh. And so we have now spun ourselves and turned an anthill into an avalanche. And we created a bigger problem than what it ever was. So we're worrying you, you about don't something that doesn't exist. I know you said you, you're talking to somebody. <laughs> you're talking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. happens so much in jails, in prisons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, it happened with me and my mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because I would call her. And back then, 17, 18, 19 years yeah. ago, they didn't have all the phones that they have now where you could just keep calling back yeah. and calling back. 
But yeah, I was the same way. And then, and then I would get so frustrated that she finally answer, and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> and she'd be like, why are you mad? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because what'll happen is uh, an inmate will call home to spouse and they, if if they don't reach them until the sixth or seventh call, then that call's not productive. Then right. it turns mm-hmm. into right. a fight. Mm-hmm. They're angry. They end up hanging up on them. And they don't even get to have the meaningful moments that they were waiting yeah. for. Yeah, so good. Wow. You know, riding the wave to me is is like just a almost a better, mature way to count to 10. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love That's it. it. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's like, okay. I mean, even counting to 10, sometimes I would just get, I would go like one, two, and I would get angry <laughs> with every number, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I wasn't riding the wave. I was yeah. just anticipating what I'm going to say after mm-hmm. I get to 10 mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm just getting more mad and more mad and more mad. Yeah. And so, but I like the term riding the wave mm-hmm. where you're just, you're just, and, and we read a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0 mm-hmm. and we, we loved it because mm-hmm. it, it explained the scientific portion yeah. of you know of god's creation of the brain yeah that, the, the limbic system which is where all the emotional occurrences yeah, take yeah. place and if we and if we make a decision to say or do something while they're while they're back there that's mm-hmm. where we usually say and do the wrong thing right. Absolutely. and we have that's to let, we have to manage it ride the wave mm-hmm. the ride the wave all the way to the mm-hmm. frontal cortex <laughs> yeah. which is where the rationale mm-hmm. and all that oh, where you make good. better decisions so Absolutely. i like ride the wave because i've always like I, what I'm saying that describing it that way to the guys that come through the house because I, we make the guys at Forgiven Felons read this because mm-hmm. I mean most of us ended up in prison because low EQ mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know I mean we did not we let some emotion whether right. whatever it was get the best of us and That's we right. acted on it and we ended up in prison That's right. so if we learn to manage the book talks about identifying mm-hmm. and if you ride the wave then then you are identifying it correctly yeah yeah and then you're able because you can't manage it and do something about it until you identify it and you i don't think you can really identify it until you right. ride the wave right. so i've always just said you know you got to let this pass from here to here but now I have new language I can use yeah. called Ride the Wave. I go. love it. I love well, it. And, Thank and, you guys so much. And just the one other piece I want to say about Ride the Wave, if you can visually imagine what we think the what we think we should do logically is fight against the wave. Yeah. So yeah. push against the current. And then what happens is we're you're in a worse situation. But when you ride it, you're gonna experience some negativity. But then it's going to come down, yeah. just as Veronica said. And then you can do a self-monitoring where you say, wow, I was at an 11, mm-hmm. but now I'm at a 7. Mm-hmm. And now I can think more logically, more clearly, and I'm not just feeding yeah, and yeah, ruminating yeah. on the potential for worst-case scenario. That's so good. That's good. I mean, because even even at the house, we tell the guys, you know, because, I mean, we're all grown men at the house, the friggin' Velen's house. But, you know, we're still out of prison and and sometimes and you're living in a group home, yep. you know, <laughs> sometimes you have a roommate. And, yep. and so frustration is still going to. But I always tell them, if, especially if they call me yeah. and they're mad about another person or whatever. The first thing I do is I don't give them any advice. Yeah. I try to calm them down because they're not going to they're not going to receive or hear anything mm-hmm. I say until they're able to bring the temperature down That's on right. their own emotions. That's exactly. good. Yep. And, uh, and, and that's, and if they can't do that, mm-hmm. then, then I, I just have to wait. I'm like, I told one guy, I said, call me back, call me back when you calm down yep. because I can't tell you <laughs> anything right now that you're going to receive or that you're going to be able to take and use 
in a in a proper way, in the right way, mm-hmm. because you're you're so mad. Yeah. So we need to let this. We need to let the anger calm down, and then call me back. And go. so, uh, okay. So you know, you kind of, you know, some of the guys on death row don't have access to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because at that point, the system just says, okay, they don't need anything. Mm-hmm. They're finally getting access to some Christian programs. They get access to. They get a tablet. Mm-hmm. Now, not all administrative segregation. Uh, inmates get tablets. G five uh, here in Texas state state prison. G five is like a, a dangerous custody level. Mm-hmm. They don't get tablets, uh, but most everybody else gets tablets and they get access to this stuff. But most of the time, they're not. State prisons are not getting enough access mm-hmm. to this kind of counseling. Yeah. And so, anything you can give, such as you've already given, uh, and any other coping things that you can give. For, for the inmate population um, would, would just be incredible. So well, I have another one. Um, I'm thinking of another technique that we use commonly. And this actually comes from seeking safety, which seeking safety is actually um, a cognitive behavioral intervention that's used and really shown to be effective for treating individuals with substance abuse and mental health issues as well. So there's that component. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I often use when I was dealing with the inmate population was grounding. And w- when you just said that you don't have any, you've, you're dealing with and your audience is are individuals who don't have a lot of resources around them. So mm-hmm. they need coping that doesn't require much. This grounding is something that you can do when you're alone. It's something that doesn't require anything really outside of yourself. But the reason you use grounding is really to detach yourself from some intense emotions. So riding the waves a little different. We'll set that one aside. Okay. Grounding is when you are kind of what the the gentleman who called you and you were like, you're on 10, call me when you get on mm-hmm. seven. Right. It, you may have been able to say, hey, let's do some grounding. And okay. let me give you an example of what you might do. I like that word. Okay. Let's do some grounding because your emotions are a little intense. Why don't you um, sit down? Sit down in a seat. And I want you to look around the room. And I just want you to just name every color. Jaden, you're you're my client. All right. So good. Jaden, would you just name every color that you see that around the room that you're in right now? Green, white, yellow. No, I don't see yellow. I made that up. Uh, black, gray. Okay. I'll guess the chairs are yellow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, here's another one. I'd love for you to look at the room, and any word that you see, I just want you to spell it for me. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. F-O-R-G-I-V-E-N. All right. And I'd like for you to look at the ceiling. There is a light fixture. Count how many lines you see there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That is a simple strategy that you can That's use. So good. When you're you can be sitting in a room full of people grounding. Because mm-hmm. first of all, when I'm mad, I don't want to sit down. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you're making me sit down, yeah, just, you're forcing me to Yeah. Uh-huh. Grab, and it's teaching myself. you to do it yourself without having a therapist there yeah. to Absolutely. guide you. Absolutely, yeah. That is so good because you know, I mean, we as Christians, we're all Christians, so we also, you know, ask the Holy Spirit at times to give yeah. us give us wisdom and do whatever. But at the same time, you know, there's times where we, 
just me, maybe maybe just me, that we don't we don't call on the Holy Spirit first. Yeah. yeah. And and but if we can remember a, a coping mechanism like yeah. that, say, okay, sit down, sit down. Uh-huh. Sit down. Sit mm-hmm. down is gonna calm me down quicker than anything. It's yeah. gonna calm me down quicker than anything. I don't know why. Yeah. But then now I'm sitting down, now I'm counting things. You can also I, tap into all of your senses, not mm-hmm. just your visual. Mm-hmm. So you can tap good. into what you're hearing. So mm-hmm. similar, we won't go through all the exercises. But you can tap into what you're hearing. You can tap into what you're smelling. Mm -hmm. You can tap into what you're tasting. You can tap into what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by feeling is, what's the texture? Mm -hmm. Is it hard or soft? Is it rough or smooth? You know, what what is my cold or warm? Cold or warm. Mm -hmm. And then you're engaging, which is immediately pulling your body down to a level where you're able to think more clearly. And that, because what you're doing is shifting your perspective. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I love that you said, you know, you brought the Holy Spirit into it. I, I would love this strategy for for Christians who might not be able to go immediately to the Holy Spirit, but able to kind of bring themselves down and then they can pray. Absolutely. Sometimes, have you ever been like so upset, like, you know, you're not <laughs> able not to pray, pray. <laughs> right? Like I probably shouldn't even pray right the now. The Holy Spirit's yeah. probably yes. trying to avoid me right yeah. there. <laughs> like, I mean, and this is a great kind of strategy to kind of bring yourself down just a little bit so that you can kind of invite the Spirit into yes. kind of bring that additional calming and that, you know, that clarity in yeah. the moment that mm. the Holy Spirit obviously You know, is. what's neat is is what ties to all that is, I've felt myself before uh, kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't call it grounding. I didn't call mm-hmm. it, but just kind of like, okay, I've got to calm myself down. So mm-hmm. I sit down and I take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, because we know what the spirit, the Greek word for spirit is pneuma. Mm-hmm. It's where we get pneumatic tools. It's all mm-hmm. about air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when we breathe, when God breathed his spirit into Adam, he brought this, he breathed this spirit mm-hmm. and that's air. And so, when there's something freeing and calming about taking those deep breaths, mm. taking those deep breaths. I love that, Jaden. So. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. Good. Okay, so I've been starting to do yoga, and the the breathing in yoga yeah. is something that's so important. So I'm gonna remember that the next time I'm doing yoga, just the cleansing and what you just mm-hmm. described. I love. You know what I heard? Energy. I heard this. I don't know where I heard it. I, heard, I don't know if I heard it on social media, but it was a it was a, a guy talking about the word Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And how it has no vowels in it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just consonances. But and it's because the 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 why the reason it was Yahweh is almost like it's like a breath. Mm-hmm. Like Yah is is mm-hmm. is in Yahweh. Yeah. And that's the reason inhale. it was spelled the way it was. Inhale, exhale, and because on, spirit is it's it's amazing. Yeah. But the fact that it's it's like it's one of the grounding, you know, like when you said all your senses, you know, is, well, is that, yeah. Is that yeah. one of your breathing. senses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Breathing. Taste. I mean, Ta- t- yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like taste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, is that one? Well, and speaking of as Christians, I think uh, another numbing that we do is I got to call sister Susie to pray. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. My and accountability sister Susie's partner. not available. Yeah. And sometimes calling sister Susie might just get 
someone else on your bandwagon mm. to make the situation worse. So it's Validation. validating yeah. <laughs> your the place that you're in. And so if you're on death row, if you're on life roll, if you're in a place where you can't call Sister Susie, <laughs> then what do you do? What, yeah. How do you how do you do these things? And I have been my own self been convicted of. Oh, I need to phone a friend or text a, you know, text my mom. No, you need to sit mm. in what you're going through. You need to sit, be still, and truly know what does that verse mean? Yeah. To be still and know that he mm. is God. That's good. That's so good. That is so good. All right. So suicide prevention. Man, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if y'all know this, but Texas state prisons. Mm. Uh, September, I believe September 6th, went on a system-wide, system-wide meaning every prison, private and state, lockdown, in a, hard, in a hard lockdown. And they said it was because the increased violence due to increased drug use. Mm-hmm. Now, K2 is so rampant, and, and, and stuff they're doing now is not even really, you can't even label it because they're making it with chemicals and they're yeah. making it with stuff that's inside. It's not, they're not even bringing it in anymore. They're just making it with chemicals on the inside already, and and it's getting deadly. I mean, it's getting deadly, and there there's there's been a lot of I mean, legally, publicly, what the what the system is going to tell us is is not really going to be an exact of what's really going on, mm-hmm. and and it's you know I mean I'm not going to sit here and bash them too much, but but it's they had the system wide lockdown and they've never done it in the like in the middle of this heat i mean last friday mm-hmm. was the second third day on lockdown and it was 109 record heat and now you're you're putting everybody in their cells and it's a hard lockdown that means the officers are actually in the kitchen making the food no inmate movement at all mm-hmm. and they're they're saying that we're trying to get rid of the drugs you know because the violence is getting and, and the violence, I mean, basically it's homicides. I mean, homicides are up big time mm-hmm. in prison. And and it's um, it, it one particular unit. I mean, there was four homicides and, and two suicides in, in the six-week time span. You know, uh, we went, me and Jessamy and, and another uh, person went into the Lane Murray unit, the female unit in Gatesville back in, I think, May or, uh, no, it was June. And then after we came out, okay, there was there were two deaths the week before we went. One was on a Friday, and we were there on a Sunday. And so we were, like, praying with all the life coaches because the life coaches are the ones that the inmate peers, you know, mm-hmm. that are you know, helping. They were all trained. They went to a specific unit to learn for a year and a half on how to handle those situations like that. But we were praying for them big time. And then we learned in the month of June, in the month of June, 52 people died in Texas prisons. Wow. And they're not going to all die from the reports that we're getting there, there's some that are, mm-hmm. they're they're different than yeah. than what's being reported, and so it's tough. It's tough in there, and uh, you know, and I know there's the, the, you know, if you can't do the crime, don't do the time. I know there's all that, but there's also, uh, you know, the humanity issue. I mean, you know, uh, I think it was Nelson Mandela said, you know, if, if you judge a society by how they treat their worst criminals, That's how they treat their their inmates. And man, if you look at that right now with Texas, man, we're not a very. Whew. Uh, and Texas is harsh. I mean, I've been to Idaho, I've been to Missouri prisons, and there's those wardens know Texas is all about punitive, not not so much rehabilitative. So, what? 
what are we as society? What can we do differently? Inmates, a prison society. I mean, is there something that from a counselor, put your counselor hat on now. Is there something that society that we can do better at, at preventing, at preventing suicide? Well, I think it's important that we recognize that we can all play a role. That's most important. Oh, but it's not, it's not, you know, that's not me. It's them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think there's so still so many, um, there's so much, so much of a false narrative that still goes into what it means for someone to be suicidal and how we're supposed to handle or treat those individuals. Yeah. And I think as a society, we still do a really poor job because yeah. either a, we say, get over yourself. Right. Quit, you know, looking for attention, put your big boy pants on and deal with life. You know, not everybody, you don't always have to put a label on and get over yourself, deal with the issue. You're being selfish. You're being selfish. Or Mm -hmm. what happens if I bring it up and ask the hard questions and talk about it? Then will that perpetually make the symptoms worse? And the answer to that myth is no. Right. Actually, Harvard Public Health did a... Um, article they did research on over 150 survivors of lethal suicide. So these are individuals who either they most of them were using a gun okay. to try to end their life, Ooh. and and they survived. And they survived. Twenty five percent of the survivors planned it in less than five minutes. Mm. The other nearly 25 percent planned it in less than 10 minutes. The next 25% planned it in less than an hour, and it was only 13% of those that planned it for longer than a day. Wow. So it really goes back to if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, if you're experiencing hopelessness, it goes right back to the cognitive behavioral tools Mm -hmm. that Veronica just mentioned, Mm -hmm. and that is this to shall pass. Right. What I'm going through in this moment feels so insurmountable, but this is going to pass. Now, I know this may not feel relatable to obviously the men or maybe people who've never had a child before, but I had all four of my boys naturally. And my only experience that I can give you is I remember going through contractions with Beckham and I remember walking and getting in the elevator and feeling like I could not take another ounce. Mm. I literally felt it pop and it go into my hips. And I thought, there's nothing, there's nothing worse. I cannot, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot. But being able to shift my focus and think beyond the pain meant there was a blessing right. on the other side of that. And I know it's hard being incarcerated and feeling like, is there really sun after the rain? Is there really sunshine after the rain? But it's learning to be able to find the gold in the place that you're in. Right. I talk about Viktor Frankl a lot. If anyone's ever read you haven't read his book, I highly recommend Man's Search for Meaning. They stripped everything from him, his life, his family. They killed his wife, his kids. He woke up an hour early every morning just to wrap his feet so that he didn't die. Mm. And at the end of it all, he said, they took everything from me, but they didn't take my will to live. So no matter what painful circumstance you are going through, it's having to do a hard look at self and say, my life is worth it. I have meaning and I have purpose 
What can I do to better myself and better my realm of influence? Mm. That's so good. You know, uh, when I was in administrative seg, got into a fight, got locked up in there that first day. And this reminds me of what you just quoted from Victor. Every right, you know, I just got into a fight. So they mm-hmm. even took all my rights as an inmate right. away from me. I'm in a cell that's half the size of this little 12 by 8 shed. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing, no property, no rights, nothing. And by the end of the day, when the Holy Spirit just filled the cell, when the Holy Spirit just filled the cell with with his presence, mm-hmm. then I realized they couldn't take all the seeds that were sown into my life by my mom, my dad, my teachers, my pastors, mm-hmm. everything that was sown on the inside of my life, in my heart, even though that lay dormant for so many years, mm-hmm. they couldn't take those away. That's, right. That's good. And so, and that was what gave me life at, at 10 p.m. on September 18th, 2003, in that little solitary mm-hmm. confinement cell, is, is just like him. They couldn't take away his will to live. Mm-hmm. And even though there were times where I'm just like, this earth would be better without me, uh, I, I don't know that I was even brave enough to even take my own life. But in, in my mind, I was like, you know, I probably wouldn't be missed anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like thoughts of like, this world would be okay without me. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this world would be okay without me. But yeah. then but then the seeds that were sown that never mm-hmm. went away. And I think that I think that that moment, the, 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 the cell filled with this presence. And it was it was it was a tight. I felt tight. It wasn't suffocating tight. Mm-hmm. But it was just like a like a hug tight, like a tight mm-hmm. hug. Mm-hmm. And 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 the whole imagery of that that night at 10 p.m. was almost like God was hugging me so tight that I couldn't stop crying. And it was like he was squeezing the tears out of me. And it was like they were flowing right down into my heart that began to water the seeds that I mm-hmm. that were laying dormant all those years. Come on, JD. <laughs> and so so that that was, you know, but but man, I had to ride the wave all day. Cause I mean, I got into a fight. I was mad at that dude. Yeah. And I had to ride the wave all day. And I wasn't even calling for the Holy Spirit. I wasn't doing nothing but just laying there, mm-hmm. just stewing and just waiting for my next opportunity to, to, you know, yell at somebody. But I think that's when the Holy Spirit took the opportunity. Like, okay, I think he's 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 calm enough now where we can just come in and just give him a big old hug. Yeah. I love that what you described, the visual imagery there is just pretty powerful. <laughs> I'm just kind of picturing that. I, I think that if we can kind of do two hats right now, okay. can we put on the spiritual? Yeah. And the, because I, I think um, the Bible describes the enemy as a deceiver. Yeah. And there is really no lie more successful than the one that, Things will never change or that they're better off without me. If I could tell you how many times I've heard patients or um, Mm. veterans working with a veteran population or um, inmates working with the inmate population say those words as the reason that they had allowed themselves to kind of begin to think maybe this place is better off without me. Yeah. And that's because the enemy had lodged a, a, a lie in their heart. And and they began to believe that as truth. And what we know through the Bible is that 
we have to combat those those lies with the truth of the word. Yes. And we can't allow those things to, as you described, this beautiful imagery of um, being watered and kind of growing from the mm-hmm. things that were um, rooted in you that were good. And that's what the Bible wants, yes, right? Yes. Right. He, the Bible describes us as um, nurturing the the true things, the good things. Help me out, Jaden. I know yes, you know the scripture yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> Philippians 4, okay, 8. Right. Once everything's are true, <laughs> just, honest, lovely, lovely right. good report. That's yeah. right. That's right. But if we don't do that, then we're watering what? The enemy yeah, is absolutely. placed in there. Yep. He'll still destroy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. You're absolutely right. That's good. Yeah. I think in prison and in and in general public, we have to also get out of our heads so that we can we can occupy the space of other people. You know, I think so often we say, "Oh, I want a platform, or I want to influence, or I want a circle," but we don't realize we have it. Yeah, we already have it. But because we're so self-absorbed, so self. It's about me, my issue, my problem. Then I can't recognize, hey, maybe you're having a hard day. Yeah. You know, maybe you're going through something that's really overwhelming. And I tell my boys every day when I let they get out of the car to go to school, I say, shine bright. Mm. You may be the only Jesus they ever see. And if you can take a step back and realize your impact, could reduce the risk of somebody impulsively ending their life, then you begin to recognize, wow, I do have a purpose. That's right. I do have a mission. And it doesn't matter if it's just my cellmate who I cannot stand, who I sure wouldn't pick to be my roommate if if I lived in the community. Then you begin to see them differently than someone that's just on your every nerve. That's so good. And you see yourself differently as a person who genuinely has value and is still contributing to society in a healthy and and meaningful way. Just because a person is incarcerated doesn't mean they're discarded and has no value. There's still opportunities for relationships even within, as what Carla described, within the prison setting to be a mentor, to be an encourager. Um, But then outside of that setting, I think oftentimes we really discount our value. Those calls, sometimes we like, you, you, the, the, the person might say, well, they didn't really need that call. They, they don't, you know, how, how much is, does my son really care that he gets to talk to me every, every month or every weekend? Yeah. Um, but don't discount yeah. those yeah. small things. You, you lodge them as small and you have no idea the significance that it really registers for the other person. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, I think one of the biggest, um, I don't know what word to put on it. It's not a, a problem, issue, whatever, is, is sometimes inmates will, and even out here, people will just see people on the big platform and mm-hmm. see the impact they're having because they feel the impact from the person on the platform. Mm-hmm. And then we start comparing our our impact. Mm-hmm. And, we, and when we start comparing our impact to their impact, then we forget the platform that we have. Mm, that's right. The platform, even if it's a platform of one, making that one phone call, mm-hmm. yeah. making that, talking to that one stranger, talking to that one person. And, and, and when we, when we start uh, glorifying somebody else's platform and, and, and then compare it to ours, and then we start focusing or complaining about ours. Well, I wish I had that. I wish I had this. 
man, I don't have this and I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Then we're not able to mm-hmm. step onto that one platform that God right. has given us. I could sit here and talk about, you know, man, I wish I had, uh, you know, a show like Tim Ross, The Basement. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. But if I spend all my time, you know, uh, being jealous of or complaining about what I don't have, then I'm not able to to really utilize the platform that God has given us. That's right. And the people he's assigned to you to have an impact on. I think we miss that sometimes. I think. This God has assigned us an audience, and it sometimes it might be an audience of one. Mm-hmm. Irregardless, we're still charged with the responsibility of pouring in the lives of someone who needs us to become all God wants them to be. Yeah. Because because they may not be watching that person. No. Yeah. They may not be watching T.D. Mm-hmm. Jakes. They may mm-hmm. not be watching mm-hmm. Robert Madu, Jim Hennessy. Mm-hmm. They may not be watching any of them. And so if God has assigned them to us and we're just too busy going, man, I wish I had this following or man, I wish I had this or, I, you know, then then we're not able to step onto that platform for the person that God has assigned to us. Uh, and, and, and again, just like you said, we may be the only mm-hmm. Jesus they see, the light they see, you know. And so we, um, I, you know, one of the things uh, that I wrote in my prison journal uh, all the time, I, I didn't realize I wrote it so much, uh, was... You kept a journal uh, in, prison, in prison. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh. It's gonna be part. Of, it's gonna be part of the book. It'll be weaved into my book. Oh, that's awesome. And so, <laughs> one of the, his language. Yeah. So one of the things I always wrote was uh, "Be salt and be light yeah. to somebody mm-hmm. today," and mm-hmm. and always point people to Jesus uh. by being the salt and the light. And so, you know, every morning before we do anything, the Gum family, me, Jessamy, Jessa, and Gemma, we have our declarations. You know, and one of them is uh, our core values. And I, we only we only started core values in our family like six or seven years ago. I apologized to my wife to say, "Hey, look, I am sorry for not leading this family in in core values." And so we we just wrote a bunch of what we thought, you know, uh, our own list mm-hmm. and just a bunch of values that we we prioritized individually, and then we brought them together and we started comparing like which ones were the same, and then we made those our core values. So it's generosity, curiosity, learning things, love, and honor. Mm. And then, of course, forgiving felons. We've had we've take our core values from the word felons: forgive, educate, love, overcome, new, and serve. You know, and we had we've had core values and forgiving felons forever. So, but we didn't have it for our own family, and so we came up with core values, and uh, we use those core values every year when we do our vision board and our, our goals. We set them based on our core values, and every morning now we say our core values. We start off with Jessamy doing our core values. Say we are the gums and we are the gums. <laughs> we are generous. We are generous. We are curious. Then after that, Gemma leads us in that thing you saw on the wall mm-hmm. in this house. We do second chances. Yeah. And she has that memorized. She says that we repeat that. And then Jessa has her part. And she says, we are salt. We are light. We will point people to Jesus. Oh. And we just call and repeat Beautiful. all that stuff. And then I end up with prayer. And so, but what I've what I've had to teach Jessa and Gemma, and what I try to teach the guys at the house, is that it's not just being salt and light; it's being the right the right amount of salt and the right mm-hmm. amount of light. Because if I take the the lid off the salt shaker and pour mm-hmm. it, pour it on a steak, the whole salt shaker mm-hmm. on a That's steak that steak's ruined. Too much salt. Okay, but if I lightly sprinkle salt and a little bit of pepper on that steak and cook it a perfect medium, just barely pink on ju- juices running out. Oh, the guys are getting mad at me now. Um, 
that salt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. made that piece of steak better. Yeah. Okay. But there's an amount of salt that can make it worse. Mm-hmm. Light in front of me showing me where to go is good light. But light in my eyes mm-hmm. blinding me makes me unproductive. Mm-hmm. And so we try to tell people, be, be the right salt, be the right light, you know, and, um, and, 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 and don't get mad at somebody else's uh, salt shaker. You know what I mean by that? Because mm-hmm. uh, we're all salt. <laughs> yeah. Our shakers may look different. That's right. You may spread salt one way. I may spread it another way. That's I ain't going right. to get mad at you. I, you shake shake your salt the way God has called you to shake your salt. <laughs> Don't hate the shaker. You know, <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, but be, be we may be the only salt that people see. We may be the only, and it, it, we're called to be salt. And, and And if somebody that's not saved doesn't know what salt tastes like, doesn't know what salt of the earth is, doesn't know what Jesus is, then, I mean, it's almost like we, we should, it's almost like we're all called to be counselors. Mm-hmm. It's like we should all go to school and learn how to be counselors. Well, that's the thing. Even if you're not called to be the actual licensed counselors or psychologists like we are, there's always the platform. Yes. You use the wisdom that's been given to you and you can be, you can be cutting hair. You can be teaching at school. Yes. You can be a delivery driver. You can be working at a fast food restaurant. I actually, I shared this story with Veronica the other day. I walked into Domino's to pick up some pizzas, and this young man, he, he looks at me and he goes, you look like you're a CEO. You look like you're running something. <laughs> oh, wow. That's <laughs> and, cool. And it, it kind of he called t- it. it took me back, and then I was like, oh, yeah, actually, I am. <laughs> and and just in case you're listening, Ufus, his name's Ufus. Nice. Um, he was probably late teens, early twenties. Uh, he said, "That's what I want to be. That that's that's what I want to mm. do. I want to be a CEO." And I had an opportunity to spend the next six, seven minutes speaking over Ufus' life. And I wow. said, "Well, you're already on your way, and this is how I know." You looked me in the eyes. You were professional. You were polite. You were kind. You gave a greeting. You didn't make me wait. You weren't preoccupied. You took my order correctly. And these are all things. Mm. If you act like a CEO at Domino's. Right now in your position now. That's right. You go home and I want you to do a 10-year goal, a timeline, and you mark what steps it's going to take to get there, and you will find yourself as a successful CEO. So there's always an opportunity. Not only was I able to give life to Ufus, but then he gave gave me purpose. I'm just going in to pick up two pizzas, but I walked out feeling fulfilled and feeling like I was doing my calling and my mission. So you don't all have to go to school to be a counselor. You can do it in any space, occupying all the spaces of your life. Because he didn't know you were a CEO. No. <laughs> he didn't know. Yeah. So he was already kind of put a little salt on your life by right. saying, man, you look like a CEO. Yeah. He had no idea. Well, I love the flip of that story. And what Carla was mentioning is not only did she create an opportunity to speak over the gentleman and, and give him life, mm-hmm. but she left influenced yes. by him. Yes. Yeah. And I would like to flip that also because I think there is an opportunity for um, inmates to mentor other inmates, but I don't really want you to discount the value that you have in being salt for officers yeah. that are watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? So I, I, I think that there's the flip the CEO got encouraged. 
right? Yep. By the behavior yep. of the 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 Domino's employee. And I think even in the prison setting, there's an opportunity for the inmate to Absolutely. impact the 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 uh the staff member that God brings down your 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 um your your cell. Yeah. yeah. And all it takes is a smile. There you go. Because in, when I was in prison at the Lockhart unit and I was probably about 3 or 4 months before I got out, the um there's a there's a a guard that came to me. He he waited till he got in the rec yard so it could be a little more inconspicuous because mm-hmm. he knows, you know, he knows how other inmates see other inmates that are talking to, to guards. And uh, so he kind of pulled me over and he said, gum. I said, yes, sir. He goes, I have a question for you. I said, okay. You know, and usually when guards are like that, like, hey, do you know who did this? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, great. What's he going to ask me? You know, and he goes, why are you smiling all the time? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long he's been watching me. I just know at some point he noticed the smile, my salt that I put out in the That's earth right. yeah. because because I'm smiling and and I said, I said, oh, um, like just now, why am I smiling? He goes, just in general. He said, you smile all the time. And I said, okay. And then right then, that was my opportunity to share right. about Jesus. You know, and, and and you don't get that too often with guards noticing behavior. And, and, I, and I, I use it all the time. Like, you don't know who's watching you. That's right. You never know who's watching you. So make sure, no matter what you're going through, you know, uh, and I know I'm sure there was some bad days that I had in there, but he never came to me and go, hey, why are you frowning all the time? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he was more impressed and more moved by the smile because right. I was doing something that most people weren't doing all the time. Yeah. At one point, I just got so free in my heart that nothing, nothing in my surroundings was going to keep me from smiling. Mm. And that was that didn't go unnoticed by at least him yeah. and probably some others. I don't know. But right. he had the courage to come up and ask me, you know, why, why? And then I was able to tell him. So, you know, that was a platform of one. <laughs> that's and that's a scary one because if you're seen talking to a, an officer, you yeah. know, you're looked at as some kind of snitch or whatever. Right. But, but, you know, I had the opportunity to share Jesus with that guy, yeah. you know, and you just never know, you know, you never know. So, um, all right, let's see what else, what else, what else can we talk about? <laughs> Suicide prevention. Have we hit everything? I feel like we have. I'm wondering. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to just to add a little more about substance abuse. Just just rem, uh, remembering. I know um, like with my own children, they say, you know, why do people use and, you know, what's the benefit and why, why would someone do something that tastes so bad or smells so awful or, you know, messes with the inside of your lungs. And so it's been a great opportunity to talk about what leads people down yeah. those paths, yeah. whether it be a keeping face, right. so wanting to to measure up to the crowd you're with, or b to again numb the pain that's going on in your life, and recognizing that anything you do, and this is for anyone listening, right. especially those that are also in the free world that have access to everything. Mm-hmm. You are finding yourself in a place that's only going to leave you longer than you want to stay. And it's ultimately going to end up ruining the relationships of those God's called for you. So whether it be, you know, excessive shopping, the pornography, whether it be finding yourself engaged in things that cause you to not be present in the home, present with your children, present with those God's called you to serve Whatever the case may be, gambling, like you mentioned, using substances, these are all numbers 
And the outcome is never positive. It's only short-term reward for long-term sacrifice. And so being able to kind of shift your focus and think about what is it that I really want in 10 years? Do I want a lot of quick fixes or do I want lasting contentment? Because contentment is something that no circumstance and no person can take away from you. Yeah, so good. Well, let's 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 stay there just for a minute, and let's put the hat on of of uh, you know Christian, but also also counselor at the same time, you know, to that person maybe that is stuck in that cycle of addiction, and they know. I mean, we know. Well, I mean, I I was an addict, an alcoholic for a long time, and I knew I was, and I knew. We we don't we don't want to be that way forever. Okay, so let's talk to those people just for a minute, and not just you know say, well, uh, why why do they do that? What are the, what is something that somebody that's in that pattern in that cycle out here in the free world, but also in prison, um, you know what what can we do? What can we do to? Because it's scary, you know, mm-hmm. especially if they're married and if mm-hmm. there's, you know, infidelity, uh, if there's uh, not being transparent with finances, maybe like you said, gambling, you know, how does one, because at some point it's like you've been doing it for so long, it's like you don't want to come forward now because it's going to make it worse. The truth is going to seem to seem to make it worse than if you just continue to live in the lie, in the comfortable, the comfortness of the lie. So how do, how do you break out of that? How do you, what, what can we say to somebody that, just gives them the boldness, the courage to say, look, doing this is going to be better. Well, I've done a talk on this before related to generational curses. And we say, how do we break these generational curses? And the first place we do it is starts with us. And so, so often what we hear happen for people who've gone through trauma or have had a really shady childhood or a past, they always want to point the finger backwards or point the finger to somewhere else. True freedom doesn't happen until we point the finger at ourself. Mm. So number one is self-honesty. It's honesty. It's looking in the mirror and saying, I have an issue and I must be honest. If I'm not, I can be honest with God and that's wonderful and that's great. But more times than God, more times than not, God has called us to now be honest to the people that it's impacting When we become honest with the people we're impacting, then we're saying, I don't need an enabler. I need accountability. Mm -hmm. And for any of you that are parents out there, I can tell you my kids are the best accountability. They they will remind me, Mom, I thought this is what we did as a family. You're not doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought Mm -hmm. this is what you do, Mom. You're not. So for me, that that's good in my life. They're my accountability. They're my little Holy Spirits walking around. They're watching because we all know more is caught than taught. So I think just very simply, the first step is honesty and self-awareness. I know I have a problem. I now need to share that with the people in my life that I am hurting. And then I need accountability. And accountability is not a monthly check-in. Accountability means I am vulnerable and I am raw and you can ask me any question mm. at any time. And I, in turn, am going to honor you by being honest about where I'm at in this process. That accountability piece, though, is is pretty frightening for yeah. most substance abusers. Yeah. I mean, obviously, or uh, uh, individuals who are struggling with addiction, because accountability means now I'm going to have to change. <laughs> and you're going to hold me to that. So the, there's almost kind of um, 
in therapy, we have these um, stages of readiness for change. Mm -hmm. Like when people come to us for particularly substance abuse, this is really important when you're evaluating an individual who would like to um, kind of wean away and I want to I want to be clean. One of the things we kind of assess early on is what is your stage of readiness? Like we're evaluating, are you at the stage that we know through research is going to be lead to an effective change for you? Mm. Or are you still at the what we call pre-contemplative stage where you're thinking about it, but you haven't committed to what it's going to take because what it's going to take is the honesty and what it's going to take is the accountability and what it's going to take is an actual change in behavior patterns all of those different things and that stuff is hard and so it's not it's not unlike just the people who are trying to for example even do something as simple as lose weight or exercise I want to exercise more mm -hmm. often you know oftentimes we have this mindset I would love to do it but we haven't necessarily really committed to it we just know it would be great. We know we can see the benefits of it. And we'd love to have those benefits. But if we're honest with ourselves, we're not exactly ready to get up at six o'clock in the morning and hit the gym. And it's the same thing with us other substance abuse as well. Yeah. I was I was trying to trying to find this um Okay. I learned this from John Maxwell. For four seasons, uh four seasons that people change in. Mm. When they hurt enough, they have to. Mm. When they see enough, they're inspired to. When they learn enough that they want to. When they receive enough that they're able to. Ooh. Isn't that good? That's, that's good. so good. I'm writing that one down. I'll text it to you. I'll text it to you. Because that's what reminded me when you said, you know, stages of readiness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's yeah. kind of what these are. When they've yeah. when they've seen enough, when they've learned enough, when they've received enough, you know. And and sometimes Sometimes people are where they are because they haven't received enough information. Mm -hmm. And then when they receive the information, now they have the information, but have they learned enough, uh, you know, like experience wise, have they gone through enough? Have they, have they hurt enough? Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. people, if, if there's not enough hurt from mm -hmm. what they're going through, they're going to keep doing what they're doing yeah. mm -hmm. until it hurts their pocketbook, until it hurts them physically, until it hurts whatever. Relationships. Yes. 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 Absolutely. And that's why counseling isn't always effective. So many times, many, many times, Veronica and I will have patients, veterans, people we work with that'll say, I went and it didn't work. And too many times they're walking in expecting a magic wand to be waved over right. their situation and for us to have a magic answer, a magic solution to their problem, when in turn it starts with them. Yeah. You know, anytime you are an expert in the field, people are going to come to you. So Veronica and I get hit up all the time. What would you do in this situation? How would you handle this? Or, you know, can you help me in this situation? And I've learned a lot from Veronica. Before she ever takes on anyone to mentor, she gives them a homework assignment. Mm. And the reason <laughs> she does that is because I'm guessing 88% of the people that she gives a homework assignment to never come back completing the assignment. Yeah, yeah. Because all they want is readily accessible knowledge, give it to me now, fix my situation. And she says, sure, I'm generous and happy to pass on my knowledge, but I want to make sure you're vested and you're willing to do the work and to do what it takes to do the steps to improve so who you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I can't change you. You can't change me. I have to be willing to change myself. Um, and I've got to be able to move through that process. And that's why 
counseling, people say, oh, it wasn't effective. People, they are about to get divorced. They don't go to counseling until they're ready to sign the divorce papers. So it's just a one final ditch effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what we <laughs> teach through Anticipate Joy and through Positive Psychology is don't wait till the wheels are falling off. Mm. Let's stop being a Tylenol society and let's start being a B12 society. Right. Mm. Meaning let's take that's our good. vitamins when we're healthy instead of always having to mask and band-aid the symptoms of these root problems so that are good. going on in our lives. That is so good. It just just shifts the focus from um, mental illness to really kind of highlighting the importance of mental wellness. That's right. Just kind of creating a mindset of incorporating positive experiences, positive emotional experiences, positive coping strategies, some of which we just have described earlier today, into our life and into our repertoire so that we can improve our overall well-being. And that's what's key. Absolutely. Man. Ooh, this has been so good, y'all. I think this was like 10 times better than our first one. What do y'all think? <laughs> I agree 100%. I agree. <laughs> we get better and better. I mean, because y'all, y'all, yeah, I've gotten, I think I've gotten a little bit better uh, at interviewing. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> and you've got a vibe in here. Yeah. So it's just Yeah, this is space. better than just the, 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 the echoey dining room yeah, that we, we did it in last time, right? Dining room yeah. Table. yeah. And, yep. it, and it didn't have all the right acoustics mm-hmm, in it, but, right. but it was still good information. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, thank you. Thank you, ladies, oh. so much. And again, it was an honor to to meet uh, the you call him Delane, you, you but call people him know him as Bobby. So yeah. now we've told the world to hold him accountable <laughs> because he is on a mission field and yes, his impact yes. is there. And that was my prayer when yeah. he went back: is that if, if it takes being there, that he can win lives better there yeah. than out here for now. And so I believe that he's going to do that. Amen. So and I have never brand. met him. So I just want to say, hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> say it to this camera. Hey, bro. <laughs> we love you. All right. You know, uh, before we close, I do want to I do want to ask you, you, you ladies, to look into your, your camera. You're this camera. You're that camera uh, one at a time. And just... Um, you know, out here, out here in the world, we have access to all the stuff, but back, back behind the bars, they may not have access to as much, but I would just like us to end with uh, some encouragement to the people behind bars and uh, because they don't get it as much. I mean, there's the Pando app now, so they're getting, you know, encouragement from sermons and pastors and stuff. But, you know, uh, I'd love for y'all just to end the show with speaking directly to the people, um, you know, behind bars, male and female, yeah. you, can, you can speak the same word to the male and female population or have a different word for the different genders, whatever, but just encourage them. Cause this, this is the reason we do it. Yes. You know, it's also out here on YouTube, but this is the main reason we do it is, is for the people, uh, behind, behind bars. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's where my heart is. And so I'd like you guys to just to speak to them just for a moment. Yeah. My heart is, really to encourage them by one thing, to remind them that they're valued, you're valued, you're very important, and God is not done. Mm. There's still an opportunity for you to create, for you to um, be of meaning and value to people who need you. You're needed not only are that in that, but you're valued. And so I just want to encourage someone because I get the sense, and this is through my experience in having worked in the prison setting, that there is this oftentimes a feeling of, I don't matter. 
And I just want to kind of encourage those individuals who are feeling like, even those individuals who are in SEG right now, who feel like I don't matter. And you do matter. And you matter to the most important person there is, and that's God. You will always matter. You'll matter in segregation. You'll matter uh, on death row or life row. You'll matter always. And so I just want to encourage you to start there by remembering your own value. Amen. Amen. Carla? Well, if I were to paraphrase the scripture, it would say, you are the head and not the tail. Mm -hmm. You are above and not beneath. You are not your past. Your story is still being written. And somewhere long ago, maybe in your recent past, you were told that life didn't matter and that you didn't have meaning and that you would always be a screw up and you feel like you're living the self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'm here today to dispel that myth and to remind you that you are called worthy, that you are a child of God, and that His plans for your life are much bigger than your wildest imaginations. And so through this small conversation that Veronica and I have had the pleasure of engaging with you today, we want to remind you that you are loved, that you are seen, and that the Heavenly Father, the Creator of the universe, has big plans for your life. So I want to encourage you to Mm. lean in Mm. and to trust the process and to know that sometimes it feels like it gets worse, but before it gets better. But you are on a journey and your story can impact those that are around you. So we love you and we're holding you up in prayer. Even if we never see you or ever meet you, uh, we're asking the Heavenly Father to meet you right where you're at today. Amen. Yeah, I usually pray over everybody, but uh, since you just said we're praying over y'all, why don't you go ahead and, and close us all out with prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that Veronica and I have had the honor of being on J. Dan's Forgiven Felons podcast. God, we thank you, background check, for what you're doing through this ministry. Father, we know that there is a stigma and there is a message that when you go to prison, that there's a tendency for those in society to give up on you and to feel that you don't have any value or any worth. And we're here, Father, joining with you. And we ask, Lord, that you will remind every listener, whether they're in the free world or whether they're incarcerated behind bars, because what we do know, Father, is even if you're not in prison, you could be in an emotional prison. And so, Father God, today we ask that you break the chains of darkness off of their life that we break off the lies, the deception that's been passed down for generation to generation. Yes. And we ask, Father, that you begin to play new tapes in their minds. Thank you, Lord. A new narrative is spoken over their life, that their past is their past and their future is yours. So we thank you, Jesus, for openness. Yes. We thank you for obedience. We thank you for humble spirits. And God, we ask you, Lord, to spread your encouragement and your love and the hug that J. Dan was talking about that wrapped him, just the presence that he felt that they will feel where they're at today. And God, this will be a new day, a new journey. And we are excited to hear testimony of people's lives that are turned around because of your name and because of your glory. So we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Veronica, Amen. you want to add anything to prayer? Come on, how am I supposed to follow that? That was great. That it was, was pretty girl, good. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, Jaden, that's Thank good. Thank you all so much uh, for carving out time for National Recovery Month. 
And we appreciate everything you do uh, to helping everybody that you help. All right. Thank we appreciate you. Appreciate you, Jaden. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit forgivenfelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm Jaden Gum, and this has been Background Check.